Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to another great Wednesday night, United. We are so glad to be together here. Uh, as believers, the body of Christ here in this location, we're going to get into some good, good things uh, from the Word of God tonight. Before we get started, I want to remind you in looking forward that Sunday morning, Christmas morning, December 25th, uh, we'll only have one service uh, in all of our locations, all right, in uh, 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 Little Rock and in Kansas. And uh, our uh, children will be putting on their program. The Lord has uh, uh, give, given us a wonderful message that we're going to be ministering. So it's a great time for you to invite your family, your friends, people that don't normally come to church uh, regularly. Maybe they'll come to church with you on Sunday morning. And uh, if they're not born again, we're going to believe God that they get born again. Uh, just recently on this past Sunday morning, we had three young men give their lives to Jesus Christ. Uh, and we had seven people come up to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and all seven were filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And so uh, if you get them to church, the Lord will touch them. I promise you we'll make uh, an appeal uh, for them to be saved and to receive Christ, and uh, it's going to be an exciting, exciting time. We want to continue tonight with uh, something that I started uh, this past Sunday morning in the Little Rock location, and it was entitled, What Christmas Really Means. And we're looking at some things uh, concerning the what we call the Christmas story and what it really means, what it really involves. Uh, if you're with us Sunday morning, we'll be ministering more along those lines uh, at that time. We ministered Sunday morning on what the virgin birth really meant what it really meant in terms of, uh, of our redemption, Christ coming in the flesh. Amen. And we want to deal tonight with the nature of Jesus, what Christmas really means and the nature of Jesus. This, these things are doctrinal truths. And the Lord said to me, he said, understanding doctrinal truth makes for safe believers. If you understand doctrine, which is that, something that is taught, if you understand what you believe, it makes you safe, all right? And uh, one of the things that we have to deal with when we're dealing with the, the subject of Christmas and the birth of Christ is the nature of Jesus. Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14, it says this, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. All right, Emmanuel, God with us. All right, God with us. In Matthew chapter 1, Matthew chapter 1, when the uh, angel had been dealing with Joseph concerning marrying Mary, 
he started in verse 21, Joseph, it says, while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, fear not to take unto you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, or Savior, for he will save his people from their sins. Now notice, now all this was done that it might be fulfilled. Well, when it says all this was done, that it might be fulfilled. What, what is he talking about? All this was done. The, 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 remember that it lets us know that uh, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. This is how it happened. When his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, she was, they were engaged. Before they came together, before they came together in marriage and before they came together in physical intimacy, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. All right, of, preposition of, the channel, the substance, all right, uh, the, uh, 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 where a thing is, it comes from. She was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Now remember, Joseph was, was going to put her away privately. But then it says, the verse we picked up on, while he thought on these things, all right, the angel appeared to him and saying, don't fear to take her for your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of, we see this phrase again, of the Holy Ghost, all right? And it says, notice, all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the prophet, saying, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted as God with us. Well, when he says all this was done, he's not talking necessarily about the conversation with, with uh, uh, Joseph as much as he is the, the Holy Ghost coming upon Mary, the power of the Most High overshadowing her. All right? He says all of this was done. All of these things took place so that it could be fulfilled that a virgin would give birth to a son and his name would be called Emmanuel, God with us. All right? This is so important, all right, that, that, that we understand that the, the two main scriptures that we talk about and preach on and quote during Christmas, this is on Christmas cards, this is on wall art, this is on wreaths that people put in their, on their doors, and what it's saying is this virgin that gave birth to this boy, all right, Jesus, this boy was God with us. All right, God with us, Emmanuel. Now, why is this important? Findings were recently released from Ligonier Ministries and Lifeway Research, and here's what they did. They made a statement to a group of Christians which said, Jesus was a great teacher, but he was not God. 53% of evangelicals agreed. 11% were unsure. Now, I want you to think about that. 53% of Christians that they surveyed agreed that Jesus was a great teacher, but he wasn't God. And 11% were unsure. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What Christmas really means is this, that God became flesh and dwelt among men. 
Alright, God became flesh and dwelt among men. Why is there confusion? Why, why is there an issue? Why would 53% of evangelicals say that Jesus was a great teacher, but he was not God? Well, it's, it, part of it is because of the society that we live in. Part of it is who people are influenced by. We have a society today where we talk a lot about influencers, you know, social media influencers, and people on YouTube and Facebook and, and Twitter and all the social media platforms. They're influencers. They're influencing people, all right? And when you've got people that are influencers or people that are uh, in some position of renown, and, and, you know, they're convincing people and telling people that, you know, Jesus was a great teacher, he was a great man, he was even a prophet. But, you know, as far as being God, you know, they'll make statements and say he's not the only way, he's one of many ways. When you say that Jesus is not the only way, you're saying Jesus is not God. All right, Jesus is not the divine Son of God. If all those ways lead to God then why is it that Jesus is the only one of them that said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life? All right, the, the, the problem is, is that you have people that are listening, even Christians, all right, that are buying the lie that Jesus was a great teacher, but he wasn't the Son of God, or, or he wasn't God. All right? Now, Let's look at some things. John chapter 1. John chapter 1. And uh, we want to start in verse 1. And it says, familiar passage of Scripture, but let's read 1 through 3. It says, in the beginning... The, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Now, verse 14 says, The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So notice we see some things. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. All right, the Word was with. The word with in the Greek is face-to-face -face with or towards. All right, so from the very beginning, God and, and uh, the Father and Jesus were face-to-face. -face. They were turned towards each other from the very beginning of time, Whenever that point was where time began, in the beginning, the Father and Jesus were face to face. All right? They were together. And notice, the Word was with God and the Word was God. Then it says, the Word became flesh. And we'll deal more with this as we move forward. But notice, the Word became flesh. Now think about this for a moment. If the Word was God, and the Word became flesh, then God became flesh. God became flesh. Not just a great teacher, God. Hallelujah. So, what is John teaching? First of all, 
he's teaching the pre-existence of Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and he was in the beginning with God. Notice that. John says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. So before time, before eternity, Jesus existed with the Father, with God. Colossians 1.15 says something to us. For the sake of time, we can read it from the Amplified Bible. And it says concerning Jesus, Colossians 1.15 in the Amplified Bible, now he is the exact likeness of the unseen God, the visible representation of the invisible. He is the firstborn of all creation. So John teaches very plainly from the very beginning the pre-existence of Jesus. All right? He existed before time. He existed before the earth. He existed before eternity. Proverbs says concerning Jesus, in Proverbs, he's referred to as wisdom. And it said, I, wisdom, was there. I was there when you created the earth. I was there when you created the seas. All right? I, I daily, I dwelt with him. I was there beside him. So before creation was, Jesus was. He was with God, and he was God. Hallelujah. So first of all, he's teaching the pre-existence of Jesus. Secondly, he's teaching the Trinity, and the Word was with God. See, that indicates more than one person. The Word was with God. This, this harkens all the way back to Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, all right? And the Bible says that uh, uh, on down in Genesis, it says that and God said, let us create man in our own image. And I've heard people try to say, well, you know, that was, that was God talking to the angels. That was God talking to other beings. No, God, God, the Bible makes it very plain that you and I are not in the image of angels. We are in the image of God. All right? So when God said, let us create man in our own image, he, at the very least, was talking to Jesus, all right, the Godhead, the Trinity. So when he said, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, it indicates there was more than one person. Jesus was there as well. Thirdly, he's teaching the deity of Jesus. Notice, the Word was God. The Word was God. Now, any Bible-believing Christian can look at that and say very clearly and very plainly, Jesus was the Word, and the Word was God. So he just was not a great teacher. He was God. He was God. Hallelujah. Fourthly, we see Jesus' role as Creator. It says, all things were made by Him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Now notice that. All things were created by him. 
and without him was not anything made that was made. So Jesus took on the role of creator. In Colossians 1.16, in the Amplified Bible, it says, For it was in him that all things were created, in heaven and on earth, things seen and things unseen. All things were created and exist through him. So notice that. It was in him that all things were created. In heaven, on earth, things seen and things unseen, all things were created and exist through him. Hallelujah. Fifthly, he's teaching the humanity of Jesus. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Now remember, if the word was God, and the Word became flesh, the Word was God, made flesh. Hallelujah. Now, now, why is this so important? You may be saying, Pastor, well, I believe that Jesus was God and, and not just a great teacher. Because these are the truths that I have to have ingrained in my spirit. All right? Because the, the, the subtlety of the enemy, do you remember the Bible says that the serpent was more subtle than any beast that the Lord had created, right? The serpent was subtle. Well, do you remember how subtle the devil was when he came and tempted Jesus? If you are the Son of God, command that these stones be made to bread. Notice, he never come out and said, you're not the Son of God, all right? He said, if you are subtle, if you are, you know, when somebody's being very subtle with you, uh, you know, they'll, that, 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 that's the kind of statements they make. You know, they'll come up and they'll say, well, you know, if, uh, if you're going to do this, this is the way you should do it. Instead of just coming out and telling me how I need to do it, they, they're subtle about it. I would rather somebody just come and tell me what they want me to do than doing as what my dad said, beating around the bush. Just tell me what you want me to do, to know, all right? The enemy is subtle. And, and one of the ways that he is subtle is what we've talked about earlier, just lumping Jesus in with everybody else. Well, he's just, he's a great prophet. He was a great teacher. Uh, there was a man that I used to like to listen to. Uh, he had a lot of uh, uh, wonderful things to say about goal setting and different things of that nature. And I, I, I heard one time he made the statement, he was talking about all these other teachers, and he said, and then finally we hear from the greatest teacher of them all, the carpenter from Galilee. He's not just the greatest teacher of them all, he's God. All right? See, that's a, that's a subtle way, and, and, it, and it's all done under the guise of not offending anyone, of, of trying to love everybody, of trying to keep, right? But the, the problem with that is, is when you deny the existence of God in the flesh, you deny His ability to help you. All right, Jesus, we talked about this Sunday morning. Jesus was manifest in the flesh. God was manifest in the flesh to destroy the works of the devil. If Jesus did not come in the flesh and was not God, then the works of the devil have not been destroyed. 
our authority has no, no power, and we are not able to overcome the enemy. Jesus Christ was all God and all man. And God himself was manifest in the flesh to destroy the works of the devil. Hallelujah. The Weist Bible says, the word entering a new mode of existence became flesh. Well, the word had always existed as God. So God took on a new mode of existence. Flesh. Amen. In the book of Philippians chapter 2. The book of Philippians chapter 2. And we'll look at verse 6. Speaking of Jesus, it says, Who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of man. Now, here's something I want you to see. It says he was in the form of God. He was in the form of God. When you look at that word form, it's only used three times in the New Testament. All right? And it, 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 it means to look the same, to be the same on the outside. All right? The form of God. Being in the form of God, he did not think it was robbery to be equal with God. Made himself of no reputation, but took on him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. So he was in the form of God, all right, looked just like God. And when he came to earth, he took on him the form, same word, and looked just like man and became man. He was all God and he became all man. And he did not think that his deity was something to be held on to or something to be held, held back or to be, to be, one translation says, to be selfishly claimed. All right. The Amplified Bible says he emptied himself of that and took on the form of a man. Oh, hallelujah. See, God, his God nature did not stop him from being a man and his human sinless nature did not stop him from being God. Neither one of the natures overrode the other one. All right? His, his God nature did not stop him from being man. And his human nature, it was sinless. But his human nature did not stop him from being God. Hallelujah. This is important. Because he was in the form of God. And he took on the form of man. And became flesh. Now, in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 9. We see a little further insight. Concerning this, the Apostle Paul writes and says, For in him, in Jesus... Dwell all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In Jesus dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. For in Him, the Amplified Bible says, the whole fullness of deity, the Godhead, continues to dwell in bodily form. In bodily form. 
it continues to dwell in the man, Jesus Christ, seated at the right hand of God the Father. The whole Godhead, the fullness of the Godhead continues to dwell in him. Oh, hallelujah. Now, there are some things that we can see from the Word of God. Now, I'm going to give you a lot of Scripture tonight. And what I suggest that you do is write them down. All right, we're not going to try to turn to all of them. I've looked at all of them. I've, I've written all of them down. I've looked at all of them. I've studied all of them. And I'm going to give you the snippet. And you just write down the verses. All right? There are some, there are some factors. There are some factors that point to the fact that Jesus was God. All right? Number one, the worship factor. The worship factor. All right? Now, what does that mean? Well, only God is to be worshipped. Matthew 4.10, Jesus said uh, uh, when, the, when the, the devil tempted him to bow down and worship him, he said, you shall worship the Lord your God. And him only shall you serve. So only God is to be worshipped. Secondly, angels refuse to be worshipped. Revelation 19.10, Revelation 22.8-9. In both instances, the angels said, stand upright on your feet. Because I'm a servant of God like you are. Angels refuse to be worshipped. Men of God refuse to be worshipped. In Acts chapter 10, 25 and 26, when Peter came to Cornelius' house, Cornelius fell on his feet, uh, fell on his knees in worship, and Peter said, stand up on your feet, I'm a man like you are. All right? In uh, Acts 14, 11 through 18, when uh, uh, Paul and Silas were ministering, or Paul and Barnabas were ministering, and the, uh, the crippled man was healed there at Lystra, all right? It says they brought out oxen and they were going to sacrifice to Paul because they, they, they thought they were, the gods had come down and Mars and Jupiter were there in their midst. And Paul and Barnabas ripped their clothes and ran in the midst of it and said, Brothers, don't do this. All right, this is what we're teaching you, to turn away from these lines of thinking. Oh, hallelujah. So men of God refused to be worshipped. But Jesus never refused to be worshipped. All right, we have only gods to be worshipped. Angels refuse to be worshipped. Men of God refuse to be worshipped. But Jesus never refused to be worshipped. In Matthew 2, verse 2 and verse 11, we see the wise men falling on their knees and worshipping him. They worshipped him. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 2, it says, a leper came to him and fell on his knees and worshipped him, saying. In Matthew 9, 18, Jairus came to Jesus and fell on his knees and worshipped him, saying, my little daughter lieth at home. Come lay your hands on her, she'll be healed, and she'll live. In Matthew 15, 25, the Canaanite woman the, the, the one that Jesus said it's not right to take the, the, the children's bread and give it to the dogs. And the woman said, yes, Lord. All right? Well, Matthew records this, that after Jesus uh, uh, wouldn't talk to her and rebuffed her, it says, then she came and worshipped him. She came and worshipped him. 
in Matthew chapter 20 and verse 20, the mother of James and John. Now, she had an ulterior motive, but it says that she came to Jesus and worshipped him. And then she asked for things for her sons. In Matthew 28, verse 9 and verse 17, as well as Luke 24, 52, his own disciples after the resurrection. All right, we see, we see there in Matthew 28 that after he had risen from the dead and uh, 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 some had already went into the city, that his disciples were there and Jesus appeared and they came and worshipped him and fell at his feet. And he said, I want you to go and tell your, brethren, your brothers that I have risen. All right, the, we see the same thing in the book of Luke 24, verse 52. His own disciples worshipped him. Revelation 5, 8 through 14, he's worshipped in heaven. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 6 says that the angels worship him. One day, every knee will bow before him and every tongue will confess that he's Lord. Philippians chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. So Jesus himself said in Matthew chapter 4, verse 10, only God is to be worshipped. But then he let all these people that I just showed you worship him. Why would he allow them to worship him? He was God. He was God. All right, Jesus would not break the commandment that you find in the book of Deuteronomy where it says, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. That, that is one of the primary commandments in the Ten Commandments. And Jesus allowed all of these people to worship him because he is God. Hallelujah. Do, do you see this? Glory to God. Then we have the equation factor. The equation factor. E-Q-U-A-T-I-O-N, the equation factor. What does this mean? Jesus continually equated himself with the Father. He put himself on the same level as the Father. John chapter 10, verse 30. I and the Father are one. I and the Father are one. Not I know the Father. Not I've been in his presence. Not I'm on good terms. Me and the Father, we're one. Oh, hallelujah. The, do, do you understand that? The equation factor. Me and my Father, we're one. In John 5, 23, Jesus said that people were to honor the Son just as they honor the Father. The same honor you give the Son is the same honor or the same honor you give the Father is the same honor you give the Son. Notice he didn't say, honor me differently as the Son. He said, the same honor you give the Father is the honor that you give me. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see this? People have been so afraid to talk about these things over the years because they don't want to be considered uh, oneness or Jesus only. Listen, they're, they're, the Bible says very plainly there are three that bear record in heaven. All right, but listen, there's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, all right? One God eternally, eternally 
eternally existing in three persons. Hallelujah. In uh, John chapter 8, verse 19, Jesus said, If you knew me, you would know my Father. If you knew me, you would know my Father. You remember when Philip asked him, he said, Lord, show us the Father, and it suffices us. And Jesus said, Philip, have I been such a long time with you that you don't know me? Now, think about this for a moment. Who is Philip asking about? The Father. And, and Jesus answered, you don't know me? He asked about the Father. And Jesus said, have I been so long with you that you don't know me? Now, now think about that. Show us the Father. Have I, ha, have I been with you so long you don't know me? When you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And I've had people say, well, that was just in his actions. That No, he's saying when you see me act, you're seeing the Father act. When, when you see my compassion, you're seeing the Father's compassion. Why? We're one. In the beginning, I was with God, and I was God. In the beginning, I was there with Him. I was God, and I became flesh and dwelt among you. Amen. See, to, to try to separate them, to try to separate them, is to try to separate your soul from your body. You, just, you can't do it. All right? You can't separate the Father and Jesus because they're one. In John 12, 44, he said, He that believes on me does not believe only on me, but on him who sent me. Hallelujah. So you don't just believe on the Father or on Jesus. You believe on the one who sent him. To believe in Jesus is to believe in God. To believe in God is to believe in Jesus. To believe on Jesus is to believe on God. To believe on God is to believe on Jesus. In John chapter 9, hallelujah, when Jesus and the disciples were going by the, the, the man that was born blind, and the disciples said, who uh, sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind? And Jesus said, neither. Now watch. But that the works of God, the works of God should be done in him. And then he said, I must work. I must work. I thought he was talking about the works of God. Well, he was. Then he said, I must work while it is still day. For the night comes when no man can work. I, I must work. And then after he said I, that, that I, the works of God are going to be revealed in him, and then he said, I must work, then he laid hands on the man. Then he put clay in the man's eyes and told him to go wash, and he came forth seeing. The works of God are going to be done in him. I must work the works. Go wash. And he went and washed and came seen. The works of God were done in him, and Jesus said, I must work the works of God. If they're the works of God, God was doing them. Glory to God. 
Amen. He that believes on me believes not only on me, but on him who sent me. In John chapter 13, verse 20, he that receives me receives him that sent me. You receive me, you receive him that sent me. Think about this for a moment. Even in churches, even in church, we'll tell people, come up here and receive Jesus into your heart. And they'll come up and get saved and believe that they received Jesus into their heart. And then we'll tell them, God lives in you. Thought they received Jesus. If they received Jesus, they received the Father. Do you see that? And if they received the Father, they received Jesus. The, 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 the reason this is so important is because it places Jesus in the level, uh, on the, in the position as God and not just a great teacher. He was a great teacher because he was God. Hallelujah. In John 14, verse 9, he said, we quoted it earlier, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it a little more. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So this is important for the day and age that we live in. Now, now think about this. People even in the secular realm, they're wanting to separate Jesus from the Father. It's important. Because I, I heard a person say something the other day. They said, well, if Jesus were on the earth, uh, he would be the grand marshal of the gay pride parade. No, he wouldn't. Because he and the Father are one. And the Father said that those things were sinful and an abomination to Him. Now, here's my point. So, you don't see people trying to make God this loving, compassionate, caring individual. They want to make Jesus this loving, compassionate, caring individual. And they try to separate the two. You can't. You can't. Jesus thought just like the Father. Jesus acted just like the Father. And when you go through the Scriptures and you see Jesus showing compassion, we, we see Jesus uh, uh, dealing with the woman caught in the act of adultery. You know, uh, uh, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. If Jesus didn't condemn her, who else didn't condemn her? God. The Father. Now, was adultery a sin? Yes. Was it against God's law? Yes. But Je so Jesus can't contradict Je God. God can't contradict Himself. Remember what we 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 read uh, some number of weeks ago when we were talking about the faithfulness of God, how that Paul wrote in First Timothy and said, "If we are faithless." He remains faithful because he can't deny himself. He's faithful to his word. All right? So ever what it is, God's faithful to his word. If he says in his word something is a sin, he's faithful to remain in that line of thinking. It's still sinful. But he's also faithful to forgive sin. He's faithful to be compassionate. Here's my point. If Jesus forgave the woman and said, I don't condemn you, 
God forgave the woman and said, I don't condemn you. You can't separate them. So Jesus would not be for something the Father is against. And he would not be against something the Father is for. And so what you have very often in society today is people are trying to make Jesus this this sappy, uh, easygoing, basically pushover and just anything goes. I love everybody. He does love everybody, but remember, he's God. And God doesn't change his standard. See, that's one of the subtle ways that people try to separate Jesus from being God. Oh, he was a great man. Oh, he was a, a great teacher. Oh, he was Oh, he was so wonderful. He just loved everybody. And he just taught unconditional love and acceptance. No, no, he didn't. He taught repentance, changing your mind to think God's way. This is important. Because the baby in the manger was, was a physical human child. That had God in him. Woo! Glory to God. Amen. This is so important. Why? Because that's how God, that's the avenue God had to use to get into the earth. God so wanted to get into the earth, he became flesh. Woo! Glory to God. And dwelt among us, tabernacled with us. Amen. And so he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So you can't separate them. If you see the Father thinking a certain way, you're going to see Jesus thinking that way. Now, in John 15, 23, he said, he that hates me hates my Father also. If you hate me, you hate my Father. Now that's that's strong language. But there again, it, go, it, it, it speaks to the point I was making. There are people that don't want anything to do with God, but they want to talk about how they love Jesus. Well, the same person will go, well, how could a loving God allow all these things to happen? And then they'll talk about Jesus in glowing terms. Jesus said if you hate the Father, you hate Him. That's important. Because it's vital that we understand Jesus was not merely a notable leader or a great teacher. He was those things, but that wasn't all he was. I mean, he was such a phenomenal teacher that even his enemies came back from hearing him and said, never a man spoke like this man. I mean, he would speak and just dumbfound his enemies. They wouldn't know what to say. A great, tremendous speaker. A great, tremendous teacher. But he was God. God in the flesh. Amen? He was the Word made flesh. He is the Word made flesh. He is God with us. And here's what's so important about that. It is this fact that he is the Word made flesh and that he is God with us This is what qualifies him to be our Savior and our Lord. That's what qualifies him to be our Savior 
and our Lord. God with us. God with us. There has never been a spotless, perfect being outside of God. All right? Ever. There has never been a perfect, spotless human being outside of Jesus. Why? One and the same. They're one and the same. That's what qualified him to be our Redeemer and our Savior. If he was just a great teacher, he didn't qualify. If he was just a great leader, he didn't qualify. If he was just a good man, he didn't qualify. God had to die to redeem mankind from their sin. Hallelujah. And he did so by coming to the earth, becoming flesh, and living among man, and dying as a man, going to hell as a man, and raising from the dead as a man. And now, as a man, he's seated at the right hand of God the Father, ever living to make intercession for us. Amen? So, was he a great teacher? Yes. Was he a noble leader? Yes. But he was God in the flesh. This is what Christmas really means. The nature of Jesus was God became flesh and dwelt among us and delivered us from our sin. Hallelujah. God is so good to us. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's go ahead and stand on our feet tonight. Oh, we thank the Lord for all that he's doing. Hallelujah.